0: You're listening to The Superman Super Show, episode number 39, our third feedback episode. Hello and welcome to The Superman Super Show. I'm a host. My name is Steven. And a thousand miles over there to my right is another host, Mr. Ed Moore. Howdy, folks. How's, uh, how's things your way? Um, a little cold, but not very precipitate. Haiti, if that's a word. If not, it should be. Yeah, we are under a winter storm advisory here in Ooh. northeastern Kansas. They're saying a uh, possible one to four inches overnight. We'll see. But, yeah. As long as it happens overnight, it sh- shouldn't mess with you too much, should it? No, we're, yeah, no. Even four inches wouldn't be wouldn't be all that bad, Um I don't, the only time I have to get out really tomorrow is to take my daughter to school and to pick her up from school. And that's okay. practically a straight shot from here. And, um, and I got me a Honda pilot. So, you know, I that's drive cool around is. like those weirdos in the commercials. I'm just out peeling out and bouncing yep. around through snow. Cause you know, you're not going down hills backwards and all that kind of stuff. I do all that. I ignore the little, uh, warning at the bottom of the screen on the commercials that say professional driver in an mm-hmm. enclosed course yeah i don't i just ignore that
1: well you know i figure i've been driving um uh, oh. shit 30 plus 35 plus i'm about as damn professional as it's going to get so i mean you know I, i'm good <laughs> that's
0: right i know. feel the same way mm-hmm. i feel
1: the same way you know it's it's kind of like the alphabet just because you've been doing it longer doesn't mean you're doing it better that's right
0: That's right. Unfortunately, it's very strange uh, around here because, I mean, granted, we have a big uh, college population in Lawrence, which is like 15 minutes from here. Uh, But every winter when, when it gets snowy and icy, it's like just everybody loses their damn minds. It's like they've forgotten how to drive in the snow. And I kind of chalk that up to these are students that don't normally live here and maybe they're from a warmer climb. Why they would come to Kansas, I don't know, but, but uh, yeah. So living, living 15 minutes away, do you not have students that live there in your town? No, I don't have hardly anybody that lives in this town. This town is freaking small.
1: Wow! All, we all don't, the more
0: reason to live there. That, yeah, exactly. We uh, well, the the town I grew up in had always had a sign up for God, at least two decades. My the first two decades of my life, they had a big sign up outside of town that said, "Yadora, uh, Kansas, population thirty six hundred and growing," and it's probably four times that size now. But wow. this town is is way smaller. The town I'm living in right now, and it's. And it's, yeah, it's, we don't have a, we don't have a police presence. We don't have a gas station. We don't, we don't, we, we have a small little diner right down the road. And like, there's like a, a a tiny winery and, but that's about it. If we need groceries or anything like that, we have to go to the next town over. Okay. So my question, which
1: I, I always wonder as I'm driving through small towns in West Virginia, why is the town there? Why did people clump? right there?
0: Well, uh, it's actually the original, this is the, we I'm, I'm in a, a town called Lecompton, Kansas. Mm-hmm. It's the territorial capital of Kansas. Okay. When folks migrated west and they stopped in Kansas, they kind of, we're, we're kind of on a, on a hill. You can kind of see the surrounding area and they, uh, they just, they set up a settlement here. Right. Yeah. This, there's a big sign outside of town that says, uh, you know, territorial capital of Kansas and where slavery died because the whole bleeding Kansas, if you've ever heard that story this, mm-hmm. around civil war, this is kind of where it started. Okay, And, uh, and actually I, I, I found some old, um, there used to be like a, a, a newsletter that went around a couple of decades ago about this town and, we used to be called the uh the Wall Street of the West because there were just a crap ton of banks in this town. Okay. And uh but since then it's just yeah, it's just it's just gotten very 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 tiny. And that's kind of the way I like it. And I'm actually going to link this to Superman. You ready? Oh, okay, let's go. Do you remember in the 90s there was a uh, it might have been late 90s maybe even early 2000s there was a mini series from DC called The Kent's. Yes. There is uh, a a moment in that book because it's all about uh Jonathan had found all these letters of from his you know his ancestors who who came to Kansas and Clark was reading them and uh there's these you know accounts in the letters of them migrating to Kansas and they stopped here. They mention this town okay. and how they built that, you know, they, the Kents were part of the community that started here, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. But the, cool the guy who wrote it, I, Timothy Truman, is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's a, he's a big, I don't know if he's from around here, but he's a big Western what? buff. So he oh. does his research.
1: Okay. Do, do you, do you, are, are you ready for this? Yeah.
0: Kim Truman was born and raised in West Virginia. Very nice, very nice. Uh, so there we go. We do have um, Andy Parks is okay. um, maybe a half hour away. Okay, he uh, the he lived the town he lives in, uh, the town that I grew up in used to play them every year in basketball and football and stuff. Okay. So that's uh, every once in a while he'll he'll tweet out about BS going on in Kansas. Run into, him, run into him a number of times at conventions, little local right. conventions and stuff. He's a very nice guy. Well, cool beats. All right. You ready to do some feedbacking? Let's feedback. I am a so, feedbacker. We're going to, we're going to, I feel like I should put a microphone next to an amp now so we can get some feedback. Oh, no, no. <laughs> so uh, we had originally, because I think our first feedback episode was like episode nine. Mm-hmm, and I then our so. second feedback episode was episode 20 and we had thought around that time we'll just do a feedback episode every 10 episodes or go and then I think we both just kind of forgot about it. Yeah. And uh, I we we got a couple of emails out of the blue to our um to the the superman super show at gmail.com and I was like, "Well, holy crap, that's some feedback." And then I realized we haven't done a feedback episode in a while, so I I went through Twitter and the forum And added those two emails and we've got some stuff. We got, so we got a lot of feedback going back to, uh, September 1st, episode 20 is our, is our first bit of feedback. That's how far back we're going. And it's kind of a funny bit of feedback. This comes from the forum and it's from Kyle. If you remember the first feedback episode, we read some, we shared some feedback from Kyle and then he went on to the forum and thanked us for sharing his feedback. And then so for the second episode, feedback episode, we read that feedback of him thanking us for reading his feedback. So this comment from the forums is from that second feedback episode. And he says, thanks for reading my comments on your second feedback episode that were a thank you for reading my comments on your first feedback episode. It brought a smile to my face while out driving. I have started listening to the Becoming a Bat podcast and reading along with them. I have found that for some of the Batman slash detective issues, I have legitimately enjoyed the comic as a story. But with the Superman slash action issues so far, I have always seen them as a product of their time. I enjoy them, but also realize they're a bit silly. Superman isn't fully formed yet. I'm not sure if the Batman creators were older or more experienced, or if the Batman character is just easier to tell a story with. That's just something I've been thinking about as I've started reading the early adventures of both characters. Has Ed noticed this as he is also reading both characters? Yes,
1: uh, Kyle, I have noticed. And I have to say that you're you're almost talking apples and oranges, if you think about it. Yeah. Batman is a dude. Now, his motivations and his uh, allies and his villains and motivations of all those people, that has to be fleshed out, right? Because basically, you know, if you start from zero, you have to add all those things. Superman, his allies and his villains still have to be worked out. But keep in mind, Superman's not a dude. Superman now is an alien with superpowers, which he was supposed to be when he started, but... They didn't quite know how to get there or what his superpowers were going to be. Batman now is a dude. There is no, you know, now they have fleshed out over time training and like I say, motivations and how, you know, potentially messed up in the head he is. And, and that's the question of, you know, who, who is the real person? Bruce Wayne or Batman, right? Yeah. Uh, You can ask the same thing, I guess, about Superman, but really, Superman is always Superman. He wears Clark Kent. Yep. And, uh, in that Superman is the, is the character. He's an alien with all of these freaky powers and he can do things. And, and so it, it, it's going to take a little bit of time. And this is just based on Superman now, you know, c- comparing. Uh, of course, yeah. at that time, I don't, I don't necessarily know that anybody was thinking about Superman now is where we want to get to or anything like that. They were just throwing crap against the wall and whatever stuck yep. is, is what came out that month. So, you know, all of his powers and flying and super hearing and, you know, all of that stuff, it, it just developed. Uh, as a matter of fact, a couple of stories that we may get to later on tonight, we start to see a little bit more of that development, I think, along that path of where he was at the beginning and what we assume or see to be Superman now.
0: Yep. I think the fun thing about Batman, if I was a writer at the time working on that book, is that with Batman versus Superman, you know, like they said, they hadn't quite understood what his powers were going to be with Superman. And so throughout the years, they were adding stuff to his powers. Oh, by the way, he can do freezing breath and, and oh, now he can do this. And, but with Batman, since he is just a regular guy, you can add gadgets Right. You know? Oh, he's now developed this. And that That sounds like a lot of fun to be able to, because that's, a, you have a, a valid excuse there. There's nothing that you have to try to justify with right. something like that. Yeah.
1: Uh, we, we need, he, Batman needs a needs a plane because he, he's got to get somewhere real far fast. Well, okay. Yep. Make him a plane. It's a poo. Yep. He needs a boat because he's, okay, make a boat. Yeah. Yep. So- Whereas, you know, Superman, it's like, well, he's super, so I guess we'll have him (laughs) jump there. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So, um, that becoming a bat, that's, that's a really good, that's a really good show. I've, I've been enjoying that a lot and I would recommend that as well as ours. Yeah. Um, for anybody that's, that's curious about golden age stories, there, there aren't too, too many golden age uh, Marvel or DC, although, you know, it's, Questionable when you talk about Marvel's Golden Age, what really that is, but yeah, um, th- there's not really too many podcasts out there that are covering stuff from that from that time yeah. frame. So I mean, becoming a bat and the Superman Super Show, um, you know, I, I look look for podcasts all the time, and uh, there's not really a whole lot Golden Age.
0: That, yeah, uh, there there were a couple, uh, but I don't know if they've updated anything in a while, but um, um, I. I have the becoming a bat. I have that lodged firmly in the back of my mind because I do have the first two or three mm-hmm. uh golden Age Batman trades collections, right. like like what we're using for Superman, but I haven't started them yet and the the moment I start one, I'm gonna start listening to that podcast so because it's very rare that I actually read along with a podcast. I right. usually come into a podcast after I've read all the stories or you know, I'm just listening to the show because I like the hosts. And well,
1: so many no. of the shows nowadays come into a, a book and they start covering it. You know, in issue 187. Yeah. So so yep. you so unless you've been reading the book, it's not as appealing. Whereas you know they started with Detective Comics, and yeah. then they incorporated the Batman title. It's up. So I mean, it's it's the perfect place to um, to start doing both for for a read along. Uh, because if you're interested in Batman they started at the very beginning.
0: And there you go. You know and I'm curious maybe you can maybe you can tell me. I don't I don't want to spend too much you know I want to get to some more feedback but Right. Do they with with those Batman golden age comics do they face the same kind of I don't want to say issues but like with us reading these golden age Superman issues there's a lot of stuff like his firsts. The first time he does this, the first time he does that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen in either of these two books, Superman or Action. They either tend to happen on the radio show or in the the newspaper strip. And I haven't heard him I didn't know bringing it was the Batman. up Batman. I haven't heard him bringing up that too much.
1: But then that may be because I don't know that they had a radio serial or a newspaper strip for Batman. Good
0: point. Yeah.
1: So, but yeah, Yeah. it's, it's, if, if it is something that's going on, it's definitely not something that they have been pointing out as they have encountered it. So.
0: Okay. All right. Our second bit of feedback comes from, uh, September 12th. It also comes from the forum. It's in response to episode number 21. And I, honestly, I should have listed what each of these episodes were about, but I didn't. So I don't remember. Well, Maybe we'll pick that up when we read the comment. But this is off the forum. It says, hello, gents. I have enjoyed your show tremendously and wanted to drop a line or two to express my appreciation. I listen to quite a few podcasts, mostly comics, news, and history. And I have found your approach to be right up my alley. Short, digestible episodes starting at the very beginning of Superman's publication. I often use podcasts to guide, me ba- to guide my back issue reading. I actually have the first five Superman in the Golden Age soft covers. So this gives me the opportunity to read right along with you. Colby. I get a kick out of your banter and your way of describing your locations, 1,000 miles to the left and right, etc. I live smack dab between you in Southern Illinois. Okay. My hometown is Chester, Illinois, a small burg of about 5,000, but known for its maximum security prisons, Menard Correctional Center, where I spent my career as an employee, not an inmate. Ha ha! He says, <laughs> and as the home of Popeye. That's cool. It uh, is. Most of the characters are based on real people, including Popeye himself, uh, Frank Rocky Fiegel, He says in parentheses, Olive Oil, based on somebody named Dora Pascal, and Wimpy William Shushert Shushert Shushert. My grandmother even remembered Dora Pascal, who was a store clerk when my grandma was young. Anyway, about the the latest episode, the comeback of Larry Trent. Okay, that tells us what we're dealing with. Right. Uh, From Superman number two, this is the first Superman story I would categorize as a classic. While I have enjoyed most of the stories so far, despite Superman's quite rogue, quote, taking matter into his own hands, end quote, actions in some stories. I absolutely love this story. I was going to mention a couple of important trivia points about the second story of Superman number two, but since I don't know whether you plan to cover all Superman stories in each issue or just the primary ones, I don't want to spoil it here. Congratulations on an excellent and fun show and keep up the good work, Mike A. Cool.
1: All right, Mike A, let me uh, shrink the world a little bit. I was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois, spent the first rotations around the sun, the first seven rotations around the sun, uh, living in Chicago, Illinois with my mom and dad. I was born at uh, Cook County Hospital, and uh, my mom worked in the plaza where the uh, Blues Brothers went in to pay the taxes on the the school or the nunnery, the school, I guess it was. Orphanage. Orphanage, Yeah. yeah. So. So there we go. Southern Illinois, that's quite a distance, but we're shrinking the world, just like, um, I don't know if we were recording yet, but, um, Stephen was talking about an author or a, a comic book miniseries that spoke about the town that he's living in. And my connection was that the writer of that story was born and raised in the state that I'm in. So, uh, it's just stuff like that. We, we think, You know, the world is a really big place and it has gotten smaller with uh, Internet and online presence and all that stuff. But I I still think it gets even smaller when person A knows where person B lived and person, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So so there we go. Some some small world stuff. Um, I knew that about Popeye, that he was based a lot Mm. of the characters were based on real people. Um, I, I didn't recall. I certainly don't know that I ever knew names of people. Um, and Chester, Illinois sounds familiar, but I don't know that I would have made the connection. So, cool stuff. I like Popeye.
0: One of the two times that I've been to Chicago, both times to attend the Chicago convention before Wizard World bought it. Uh, the guy I was, uh, I, I had gone with, we went downtown. And at one point, we found ourselves at that, wherever, whatever it was from the the, the Blues Brothers. The, Honorable- I know that they were-
1: Something, something. Daily Tower. I, I forget yeah, the full name.
0: They, they were going to to the Cook County's assessor assessor's office within yes. there, but we couldn't get in because it was actually the the whole like the freaking whole block that that thing is built on was surrounded by wooden fencing because they were doing some kind of construction. Uh, and we did that thing like you see in a Bugs Bunny cartoon where we looked through a knot in the uh, in the wooden. <laughs> Fence, and i was like holy <laughs> okay. crap that's the that's where they drove the freaking car over the land <laughs> up to the place and yeah. i thought that that was that was pretty neat cool beans cool
1: beans um why why i wonder is larry trent a classic do you think the I, comeback I don't of know larry trent would be categorized as a classic I
0: well, would mike be- if you're if you're listening to this episode uh episode number 39 make sure you come to the forum and tell us yeah. Why? Feed, feed us Larry, back some the, more. Yeah. What What it is about the comeback of Larry Trent? Because I don't know. I haven't. You know. None of these stories to me are like when I when I hear people talk about Superman, they're like, "Oh man, here's some. Here, let me fill you in on some classic Golden Age stories." I never hear right. any of that kind of stuff. So now we've you know we've
1: so far we've run across a handful of characters yeah uh, um but yeah, why why a particular story would be, I mean, other than you know, the introduction of uh, the ultra humanite and, and Luther and Lois, um, why a story like Larry Trent would be considered a classic, uh, unless I'm missing something, which obviously I am, um, but yeah, uh, feed, feed us back and, and let us know why yep. it or you or both consider that story a classic.
0: All right. Uh, the next bit of feedback is from September 15th. That also comes from the forum. It is in regard to episode number 22 and it's from Mike a who, who we just read his last bit of feedback. And he says, hi, Stephen Ned as a follow-up to my comments on the last episode to come back of Larry Trent with a couple of pieces of trivia in story two of Superman. Number two that I alluded to a lot of twos. Uh, In the Telegraph, Clark sends on page 292 of volume one of Superman in the Golden Age, for the first time, the editor of the Daily Star is identified as George Taylor. He had remained unnamed since his first appearance in Action Comics 1. And before long, he will be replaced by the much more familiar Perry White. Also in the same panel, Metropolis is identified in the Mm -hmm. Telegram as being located in New York. I, I never noticed that. Uh Metropolis's exact geography has been the subject of some debate over the years, being placed in both New Jersey and Delaware. Its skyline is said to have been modeled after Toronto, where Joe Schuster grew up. Uh anyway, just a bit of fun trivia. I enjoyed the story as well as your review of it. Thanks again, Mike A. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I remember uh I remember us talking about Skyline. Um yeah. and I think we noted the editor deal, um, as far as, as New York, I guess I always assumed that Metropolis was New York. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, people out there that read more DC comics than I do, is New York ever identified separately in DC books? I mean, is it its own place? Yes, it is.
0: Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, then. I, the Teen Titans, or at least when I was reading Crisis on Infinite Earths, mm-hmm. which- is the subject of event or else, if y'all want to go listen to that. There is a a moment in there where all the heroes near the end of the series meet at Titan's Tower. And I'm fairly certain they said that that's in New York City. Okay. All right. Well, then
1: Metropolis is not New York. Just like I thought that even though it's a different city, that Gotham was New York as well just yeah. spoken of in a, in a different aspect and it it never yep. bothered me because you know it's a comic book it's all pretend metropolis and gotham could be pretending to be the same city i don't know i don't care yeah. i mean it doesn't matter to me-, me
0: metropolis to me it's it's weird because both metropolis and gotham have always felt like new york city to me uh-huh. and it's like Go- metropolis is the 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 clean part of new york and then gotham's the dirty part Right, uh, yeah. but as I think about it recently, it's like I—I I, Gotham to me almost now feels like uh, Chicago, maybe. Okay, but wasn't yeah. there a time historically when New York was
1: referred to as Gotham? I think so. Yeah, hmm. I think so. Yeah. See, that's that. Um, I'm 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 a Marvel uh, zombie, and yeah. you know, Marvel uses New York. They use San Francisco. They use Dallas. They, you you know, so that's that's always been one of the uh, primary differences that fans will say is that Marvel is based in the real world and, you know, the the world outside your window. Yeah. So they they opted to use the real names instead of, you know, Star City and Coast City and stuff like
0: that. Well, what's. What's funny about that is in D.C., when they do talk about real places like New York City, like Teen Titans is located in New York City. It throws me out of the story because I'm so used to every location in a D.C. comic being a fake location. And right. You're like, so right. you, yeah. Wait, I know, I know where that is. <laughs> right. That's not D.C. Did <laughs> yeah, they go that's not right. into what, what the Marvel Universe? What's going on? <laughs> yep. All right. Are we ready for the next one? I think so. Let's go. Okay. This one comes from Twitter. It's from 927, and it's uh, from Radio Superman, who does the um, Radio Superman podcast. Uh, this is in re- uh, regarding episode number 24. He says, Lex has his first appearance in the comic books. I won't say what issue in case you want to be surprised, but you're getting close. Stay Superman. And then he says, I should have said Luther. I'm not sure what issue they add Lex Mm. to his name. Yeah, So we must have been wondering in episode 24 when the Frick Luther was going to show up.
1: Probably because we we were in the midst of, uh, yeah, I think 24. We were in the midst of the uh, ultra humanite. And we knew that he would leave because he shows up elsewhere. And it's like. Yeah, but somewhere soon, that Lex Luthor dude's going to have yep. to pop up, you know, to, to be Superman's real uh, first arch villain. Yep. Uh, because, yep. and and again, I think because we were talking, we knew that the
0: ultra humanite was not, you know. Right. Yeah. All right. We got another bit of feedback for episode 24. This comes from the forum and it comes from Kyle uh, from October 2nd. He says, another fine episode, gentlemen. I found myself really struggling to enjoy these early issues as this isn't the Superman we are eventually going to get. Superman letting people die when he could probably save them or not helping right away just doesn't sit right with me. For example, letting the civilians try to put out the fire when he could and eventually did uh, do it easily himself just seems weird. I picture firefighters showing up at a blaze and hanging back saying, let's wait and see how these people handle it first. I do think the writing and the artwork are improving and the issues look more dynamic. I am still greatly enjoying the podcast and I hope it goes for a long time. It is great having the DC Infinite app finally and being able to follow along, Kyle. Cool.
1: Um, are, are these issues on the um, app?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah, Any? it's the, the general rule uh, between both Marvel and DC is if you can... Purchase the 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 comics digitally through Comicsology or for the Kindle or whatever. They're available on the app.
1: The, uh, these particular issues, I mean, though, like all the way yeah. these all the way back in the, in the Golden Age. Okay.
0: Yeah, because they they digitized all the stories for the the collections. You oh, know okay. the, the collections I'm reading are the digital collections. So then they just right. separate them into issues okay. on the app. And uh, funnily enough, I just read. I think it was Tom Brevoort, uh, Marvel guy, who somebody was asking him about when certain books were going to show up on the Marvel app. Mm-hmm. And according to him, at least with the Marvel stuff, most of the the first few big batches of digital comics uh, were simply because they were converting stuff into trades. Okay. And they they would digitally scan them at that point. And so they had all that stuff already. So anything that hasn't been put in a trade over the last 20 or 30 years hasn't been digitized. And so they have to go so in and do that. And it. that's why, okay. yeah, that's why a lot of that stuff isn't on there. But they slowly appear on the on the apps. Every week we get just a few more old back issues of something over on, like on the Marvel app.
1: And its it? Is it- one or the other that also takes stuff off?
0: Oh, I don't. I Do don't either? F- does either one take they, stuff off? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, I hope not. Not that, that I'm that aware of. That sounds dumb Com- to me. Comixology Unlimited, while they don't take stuff off, if you're a member of the Unlimited, there are books that you can borrow for free, you know, paying the $5 a month or whatever. Mm-hmm. And those, there are books that come in and out of that. Oh, so okay. a book that okay. is available one month may not be available the next month. Okay. However, if you borrow it and you keep it borrowed, if it becomes unavailable, you still have it until you return it digitally. So oh, okay. Well, that's kind of cool. If I if if I see stuff that I know I want to read <clears throat> but I may not read it right away, I just go ahead and borrow it because I know that it's going to be there for me until I return it.
1: Um. Hey. All right. Go ahead. Uh, just to just to. Uh, Address what Kyle said here at the beginning. Golden Age is just really, really difficult. I think a lot of times for uh, us contemporary people to read uh, because you know we're used to what we get down at our shop. Uh, well, tomorrow actually, as we're recording, and it it bears no resemblance to the way things were written uh, in 1942. You know right. um, now. Visually, of course, it does bear a striking resemblance. And so that makes it, in my mind, even more difficult because it's like, well, this is that per- Well, but it's not when you read it. Um, and heck, in the, in the mid forties, what is that, Stephen? That's 80 years. That's six generations ago. Let's say five, five to six generations ago. Would that be fair? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the uh, truly. Truly, the world was completely different, and so the people inhabiting that world would be completely different as well so it is it is a little difficult um to equate all of that and so um i do i, I enjoy reading older stuff, and actually I, I have a a prepared banter uh if I need it oh. about that very kind of topic um, okay. Older things allow me to try to get into the headspace of the people who created whatever it is I'm consuming. Music, yeah. um, you know, for instance, take 70s. Uh, my, my wife is a very big 70s fan, musically. I'm a big 80s fan. Yeah. 10 years, give or take. Totally different styles, feels, sounds yep. of music. Totally different. Yep. Once again, you move to the 90s. From the 70s and 80s, completely different sound. Now, after the 90s, I think decade after decade, right? Score? No, decade. Yeah, decade after decade. I think music starts to sound a little bit more familiar as you move through time to, to when yeah. we are now. The, the last 20, maybe to 30 years, I think the music is very similar. But 60s, from like the 40s to the 60s, the 50s are kind of a little fuzzy, but 40s, 60, 70, 80, 90, each decade just has a completely different feel to the music. After that, it, it feels, you know, so you have over the course of, uh, say, our parents' lifetime, five or six different styles of music and, and distinctly, you know, you can pull out a song yeah. from each one. And if you listen to them, you're like, yeah, that, that that one had nothing, didn't sound at all like this one or this one or that. So, yeah. um, different Everything, different headspaces, uh, obviously, different technologies to make music. Music is a little different from writing. I mean, if you can put letters, however yeah. you put letters, it doesn't matter, really. Um, but just different people, different headspace came from different places. So, you, you get that also in um, in comic books. Even now, the books that I am reading from the 80s have a completely different feel than the books that yep. you get now. You know, yeah. and that's just that that's one person easily could have grown up reading books in the 80s and reading books now. So you you definitely can compare. Um, it's a little bit more difficult for me to remember 70s like music and stuff like that, because I was born in 68. So I didn't pay much attention to music until like the mid 70s, the late 70s. That was so uh, my point, uh, Kyle, is that I enjoy consuming older media because it gives me the chance to to try to feel what it was like uh yeah. to not assume what i do and know is the same as who i'm reading who i'm listening to who i'm watching on tv and in movies but instead l- let me quote unquote which is kind of the point pretend that i am that person or i i live in their world and so that's why that's why I enjoy reading comics because for me, it's an escape. That's all it is. Yeah. It, it uh, yeah. you know, today at work sucked. So, what do I want to do? Well, let me read a couple comic books about whatever. I don't know. Being a soldier in World War II, uh, being a spaceman in, in the 2020s, uh, some kind of horror book where the creature won't die, it, you know, it, whatever. It allows yeah. me to pretend something other than what I am trying to escape now, whatever that may be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, it's kind of interesting because when it comes to any comics that came out, you know, even before I started, you know, even just comics that came out before I started reading comics, when I was in my, uh, twenties, thirties, um, you know, it's like, Oh, that's comics from the seventies. <sighs> not going to read that. And yeah. especially not going to read any of this silver age or golden age crap. And, but as I've gotten older, back half of my forties and now I'm, I'm, I've just eased into my fifties. I find that I can appreciate that stuff a a, a bit more and don't seem to have that hang up Mm -hmm. about, about reading this stuff. It's, it's kind of weird. And I don't know if that means that my tastes have matured or uh, I've become more open the older I've gotten, but uh, yeah. And you know, you talked about how golden age can be, Depending on what you're reading can be really hard to get into. And just a week or so ago, I discovered, uh, through, well, I'll say comicsology, but it's, it's, you know, it's Amazon, it's Kindle, but there are issues of golden age, golden age books that, uh, this, well, the one that I got, for example, is from 2015. That's when it was scanned. It's, uh, done by a company called golden age rare vintage comics collection. And they've got all kinds of stuff. And this, the the one that I I went ahead and bought it because I just wanted to see what they looked like. Uh, Blue Beetle number one, the oh. the very first Blue Beetle, and it's really kind of funny because the cover has s- somebody had drawn something on the cover, okay. you know, in, in in ink pen or something. So it's it it looked you know they didn't they didn't uh, like try to clean anything up. They didn't try to uh, you know erase any of that or take. You know, it looks like if you just pick this, you found this book in a frickin' uh, bin at a garage sale. Right. Um, But I've been trying really hard to read that, read this book. And it's it's tough to get into. There's more than one story. And the first one in the book is basically mostly about Dan Garrett growing up. It's so boring that mm-hmm. I don't yeah. understand why they would devote so much panel space to him as a kid and going through college. It's just so weird.
1: Yep. Um, is that is that from Gondwana Land or something like that? The name of the company that made it? The original
0: publisher? No, the what you no. bought. Um I don't, it just says publisher is superheroes golden okay. Age vintage comic scans archive okay because
1: there's a there's a dude that will assemble uh golden Age stories of you know different characters and put them together and sells them strictly on Amazon that that's his yeah uh his his storefront and it's like Gowana land or to Wanda land or something like that yeah. is the name of his company and
0: okay yeah, beetle. These, yeah, this huh. the, I don't think this is them, but cool. you know, just some of the other stuff that they have. Uh there's a the Black Terror, the Arrow, uh, the old golden age daredevil, plastic man, more blue beetle, something called atomic mouse. So yeah, there's it's huh. a lot of stuff on there. And the funny thing is, is that you can get this stuff other places. You don't uh-huh. you don't have to spend the the dollar ninety nine, but I was I thought all right $1.99 is worth it for me just to look and see what it look you know sure. if they did anything to it to try to clean it up because the the on the website it actually sir on Amazon the description um I believe there's a part in the description where they talk about HD 64 full color pages and and uh high definition and zooming panels which all comics <laughs> digital comics have the zooming panels but i i just wanted to see if they had you know if this was like a digital restoration right. and they they're not but they're they it, it's like i said it's was kind of it's kind of tough to read i want to finish it cuz i don't know a lot about the golden age blue beetle but right all right that looks like about all the time we have for this episode we don't want to stretch it out too long we still have a bit more feedback to get through so we're going to come back and uh just a a a little further down the line a few episodes from now and and we'll get to some more feedback but please please keep sending your feedback we'll try to do these a bit more often uh there will be a a a a bit at the end that will tell you all the places where you can send the feedback be it the email address of the forums or whatnot so uh until then folks this has been the superman super show my name is steven and that's ed bye ciao You've been listening to The Superman Super Show. Questions and comments can be directed to The Superman Super Show at gmail.com you can follow the show on twitter under the handle at soups super show that's at s-u-p-s super show and continue the conversation at the super show forum at forums.justanotherfanboy.com we also encourage you to rate the show wherever available and share this podcast with a friend all links will be in the show notes